One day when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. He died for me, he died for you. Romans 5, 6. As we sing, one day. One day when heaven was filled with his praise
an effort to wave, share a smile all around you. Take a few more seconds. One of these days, we're going to get back to handshake and hugging. That's going to be good, ain't it? All right, y'all be seated now. Okay, now we have uh, some special music, I believe. This can. One day, all these mics will work, too. Well, then we'll just use that one. We're just going to use the pulpit mic. We're just going to roll with it. Okay. Well, if I was nervous, I'm not now. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's that. I don't know how you do this. That's okay. It's coming. <laughs> Should have known. Let's have prayer time, then we'll start the special music. Okay, it looks like we need to pray anyway. <laughs> Give her a break. Let the Lord get in this thing. The devil's trying to get his foot in the door, and we don't want him. So let's pray that uh, Satan be bound. 
and uh, God have his way here that he would be glorified and honored here today and uh, pray the Lord bless our pastor doing preaching and special blessing to Miss Tammy as she sings and to Miss Kalen as she works that messed up sound system this morning okay <laughs> amen so pray with me we your precious God in heaven our Father our Lord Jesus Christ we come to you Lord asking the Lord you meet with us today bind that old wicked one and uh, Lord uh, get him out of the sound system and out of the tape and into this service here that's set aside for you for your honor and your glory and we pray Lord that your name be exalted here today and be lifted up and uh, if that be done Lord you draw all, all men nigh unto thee Lord we just ask Lord that you just help our pastor preach and give him liberty clarity of thought and speech and uh, Lord help him to proclaim Lord the great truths of your word and your message that, that you've given to him here today and uh, Lord just say that soul nurse tale here today draw us all closer to you meet with us Lord if you don't meet with us it's all in vain and I, and I pray in Jesus name Lord you'd meet with us and Lord just show us something from your word and something that would draw us closer to you and help us to change and be more like Jesus. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Miss Kevin.
miraculously. I can't say that word. I don't know how she does it ever. Say, amen, by the grace of God. All right, our God is a holy God. That's been said many times this morning. And he is worthy of worship. Our God is worthy of worship. Please stand with me as, as we sing. Worthy of worship. Thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power. Revelation 4. All right, this time, hey, this one, hey, we're on, baby, let's go. Sit back, buckle up, and hold on, all right? Uh, Children's Church, ages four to six, is going to be dismissed, all right? The rest of you adults, y'all got to stick here, all right? We're going to be a while. <laughs> y'all look scared. It, it, it's, it, y'all going to be okay. I'm going to take off this confangled watch because I don't give a rip what time it is. The devil had his little piece. We're going we're to let God be God and let God do what God does, okay? Y'all okay with that? Y'all still scared. You won't be by the end of this thing. Take your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 6 with me. Ephesians chapter 6 this morning. Is that all the kids? Any kids coming? 4 6? Is that it? All right. I think we got a couple. That's it. All right. Appreciate it, partner. Ephesians chapter number 6. We're going to be looking at verse number 17 today. The, the end piece of this. This last piece of armor is not a piece of armor, it is a sword. And I'm looking at a bunch of people, including myself, who have worn armor but have gotten beat up by the devil all day long because he won't pick up our sword and start swinging. 
It is about time, Victor, Way Baptist Church, that we pick up our swords and we start a swinging. We've seen this morning already the devil swinging. He's not tired of swinging. He's going to keep on swinging until you're dead. But you know something? You're not dead. You're alive today. Pick up your sword. Let's march on, press on. Let's get up. Let's get out. Let's be what we say we are. Let's do what God says to do. Let's be who we say, who, who God says we are. And let's swing away at this sword. I want to read the whole uh, bit in context from verse number 10 forward. And we're just going to see what God has for us today. We're going to ask the Lord to help us, to guide us, to strengthen us. Today, I want you to know, you might be thinking this has not been for me. Today is for you. If you don't think it is, then you better open up your ears and open up your heart right now. And I'm praying that's what the Holy Spirit does. Today, we need to act in a move of God. We don't need emotionalism. Today, if this is your first time with us and you think, hey, our sound is this, or our microphones don't work, or we don't have that many kids. Hey, you know what? Those might be things. But if you came for entertainment, if you came... Uh, for uh, a show, you're not going to get it, all right? If you came for a production where there ain't no problems and there ain't no issues, then go on, find somewhere else, because there's probably somebody better at that stuff than we are anyhow. Here, we're going to preach the Word. Here, we're going to stand upon God's Word. We're going to sing. We're going to rejoice. We're going to praise our God. Come, you know what, or high water. <laughs> Whew, help us, Lord, today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For he wrestles not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, through which ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Let us pray. Father, we come to you now during this time. We thank you for the song sung. Lord, I thank you that it doesn't matter what we sound like, if microphones work or not. God, if we miss words or, or if we stumble through things, God, this is not a production. It's, it's worship for you. And God, worship is to change our hearts. Oh, God, I pray that you change our hearts now. God, we need a touch of you. Lord, we, we, we need you now, Lord. We're needy people. God, I need you to touch my heart, my mind, and my tongue this morning. God, I pray that you would help us to receive what we need from your word. Lord, you alone have the bread of life. Lord, I pray that that bread would be given to us today that we might fellowship that we might rejoice that we might be filled up lord if there's one today who does not know you as savior god i pray that you would break them crush them convict them god that they have no place to turn but to you lord save souls today god bring about healing and restoration today lord help us to believe that you can oh god just help us today lord help us to be what you called us to be and do what you called us to do in jesus name amen open up your bulletin for a moment with me no chapter and verse for bulletins, is there? <laughs> this week we included a quotation from William Carey, who's the father of modern missions. And he says, Expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. Every revival that has ever come, every battle that has ever been won spiritually has come, from believers who expected God to be God and to do what only God can do. And then they have attempted great things for God. Revival, worship, 
hearts being changed, everything that we do inside of these holy walls and in our life outside of these walls is for the glory of God. And it is to expect God to do great things. And it's time that we attempt to do great things for God. We have settled for putting on our armor and being beaten up by the devil for far too long. We have put on our armor and we have gone into a match with the world and our flesh and the devil and have been pummeled and we have yet to even put up our fist, let alone our sword. We have been given a weapon, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, to defeat our foe, to defeat your lust, to defeat your world of which we live in that is always constantly bombarding and attacking us to defeat the devil. And as we talked about this morning in Sunday school, we are already conquerors. We are overcomers. And I want you to know too that there are many out here this morning who have spent far too many time, maybe not settling for a loss to the devil, but settling for a tie. This afternoon, all across America, there will be a bunch of meatheads and helmets chasing around a pigskin and hitting each other for a couple of hours playing football. Right? I love it. Praise God, it's football season. But you know something? Nobody who steps onto a football field says, you know what? This week, guys, we've practiced hard all week. And then the rest of the guys, yeah! Right? We've, we've struggled and we've stretched and we've lifted weights and we've known the plays. Yeah! Now let's go out there and let's tie. Anybody? No? Nobody wants to tie, do they? You know what a tie means? It don't mean two non-winners. It means two losers. Too many of us in the church for far too long have settled with ties with the devil. You know what that is? It's nothing more than waving a white flag or trying to draw up and say, you know what, devil? If you stop, I'll stop. If you, if you stop here and I, I won't do as much, or, you know, or we've sat back and we're just holding on for dear life until this ride is over, it's time we throw up our hands, we start swinging our sword, and we get back in the fight. I don't care how many gray hairs you got, how many wrinkles you got, how long you followed Christ. It is up to us to not just put on armor and then go out to the battle and get pummeled, but no soldier goes out into the battle without his weapon. Every football player today that plays, their coaches and themselves would probably say, Hey, we got offense, defense, special teams, and they always say this, and I, I'm a firm believer that defense wins championships, right? You've got to have good defense, don't you? But how about this? The best defense is a good offense. We have an offensive weapon called the Word of God through the power of the Spirit of God, and for some reason, we use it as a decoration. We use it just to mark down when somebody's born, died, or married. We use it to collect dust and as a knick-knack and as something to stick on our coffee table to show off our spirituality to those who might come over. But heaven forbid, we don't have nobody come over anymore because they might have something uh, sort of bug and give it to us. right? You know something? Worship the Lord. Live your life until you die. And don't use this thing to collect dust. It's not meant to collect dust. I would probably say and hazard to guess that most everybody out here loves their Bill of Rights, especially their Second Amendment, huh? I do. All the time. Right now. <laughs> like it or not. Anyone who carries or anyone who uses their weapons for hunting, or pocket knives, anything like that, you know something that you do, you, you take care of it. You know how it functions. 
how it operates, how to use it, the, the whole thing. You know its purpose. And you make sure it stays taken care of wise so that way if you have to use it, whether you've got to use your pocket knife to take care of business or slice a cheesecake, you know you're ready. When we look at these believers, we look at what Paul is preaching today, we're going to find that the church is not just called to be on the defensive. And the way that the church of God in America, and even I would say, and it's not going to be fun, even Victory Way Baptist Church and ourselves individually, we have played defense for so long that we've stopped holding our ground and we've started giving a little bit of room. We've started giving and taking a step back and saying that we're playing defense or that we're playing and we're battling. That ain't battling. That's giving up. That's settling for a tie. That's even settling for a loss. And it's waving a white flag. We're not just put on this armor, but we're to pick up the sword. Most of you probably have that sword laying in front of you right now. I hope, I hope you do. But even more so, I hope you know that sword. I hope you know how to use it. And I hope you're ready to wield it. Because the devil's coming and he's coming for your throat. He's not playing games. And he'll keep taking every ounce of ground that you give to him. It's time to stop. It's time that the church of God be the military, the army of God. You say, well, I didn't sign up for that. If you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were drafted in, buddy. Your life don't belong to you no more. It belongs to Christ. And it's time that the church of God marches forward in unison together with shields of faith lifted up, with our armor on, and with our swords held ready for the enemy. I want to look first of all today as he says, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the sword of the soldier. We have the armor, of course. No soldier just picks up a sword, runs into the battle. The first thing he does is he girds himself up with truth. As we've been talking about some two months now, and today, Lord willing, we're ending this thing, and you might be thankful, but I want you to know it's been a battle and a struggle. Not just for myself, but for many others who are understanding what spiritual warfare really looks like. And it's not fun, and it's not easy, but by God, we're called to do it. And we're called to do it faithfully and fully. And one day to know that finally, the battle will be over when we enter heaven's gates. But the armor is placed on in the peace and the order it's supposed to be, and then we are given in verse 17, as a gift to receive the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have how many Bibles to our name? Each one of us. You can go in my office right now and see. I've got this same exact Bible that has never been used, but I have it just in case something happens to this one. That's right. I've got big Bibles, thick Bibles, study Bibles, this Bible, that Bible. And you probably do too. Meanwhile, there are those who trust Jesus and are in this world who are truly facing persecution, who are truly facing what it means to follow Christ no matter the cost. And most of them have never held a whole testament in their hands. And you'll see videos of them receiving a Bible and they'll weep over it. That they are holding the Word of God. Most of us will leave today, we'll open up our back door of our car and we'll throw it in there, and we'll leave it till next Sunday. We might, if we're real spiritual, take it inside. We might just crack it open for the Christian average across America 10 minutes a week. 10 minutes a week? And we think we're going to get full? We think we're going to be prepared for the battle? We think we're doing something? Heaven help us, we ain't done a thing. 
Because we don't really know God like we claim to know God. You know why? Because we don't know His Word. If you want to hear God speak, read the Word of God. And if you want to hear God speak out loud, then read the Bible out loud. That's the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. The word sword here is makaira. There were two types of swords that were dealt with and used during this time. There was this big, long, five or so foot long broadsword that was used basically just to lop off heads. All right? Then we've got this one, makaira, which is used. It is to refer to a sword or a small sword or a, a dagger that each common soldier, the Romans, carried into battle. It would be in a sheath to the side of the soldier, as we've already talked about, attached to this belt of truth. How do we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God? Because we know it is truth, and it holds everything together. You take a believer's Bible away, and you take everything that he has. You take the Word of God away, and we've got nothing, and yet we treat it as if it is not as powerful and sharp and special and God-given as it is. We must not worship the Bible, but worship with the Bible in spirit and in truth. We must know it in and out. We must have this as our sword, which is used, as we'll see, both in defensive to block someone else's sword and then to go in for the kill. Our enemy is going for the kill. Why should we take it soft on him? He certainly hasn't taken it soft this morning. He certainly hasn't taken it soft when, when he's uh, come to you in the night and told you about your sin. He certainly hasn't taken it soft when he's continued to battle the church of God for these thousands of years. He won't stop. And yet the church today is perfectly fine with just a couple pieces of armor and say, well, we're not to be aggressive. Baloney! Jesus said, go buy a sword, Hoss. Hoss is paraphrased. He said, get you a sword. And here today I would say, if you've got your sword, learn this thing. Know how to use it. It is time that we start swiping away swinging away at the enemy. That we would swing chunks out of the jungle of darkness that is surrounding even this town. You read the history of this town and this area, there are plenty of churches, plenty of things going on. But you know something very, very spiritually dark. You go back and you read some of the history of, of the Appalachians here and full of nothing but violence, drunkenness, righteousness, uh, divorce, abuse. All kinds of evil. And it's still there, ain't it? We just pretend it ain't. We need the Word of God to cut through this world today. There is an illustration given by Dr. Vody Bauckham who describes two knights who enter in at, a, at a, a, a bridge, if you will. The one knight is trying to cross the bridge to get to his kingdom, and the, the other knight who's standing guard at that bridge who says, You cannot pass. And if you try, I will stop you with my sword. And he holds it up. And the other one says, well, I got my sword. And he says, well, I do not believe in your sword. He says, well, I've got it. Now, that, that guy who's trying to tell the guy, I'm trying to cross the bridge. I don't want no trouble. I just want to get by. He's got a couple options. He can try philosophically to explain how his sword is, you know, a real sword. And it's powerful and just as powerful as his. If not more so, he's got a bigger, better, better sword, right? Or he can maybe try... Um, to do some psychological jujitsu on him and maybe go, hey, you really want to believe in this sword, man? I, I don't want to use it, right? It's kind of like, uh, you know, 
you know, kind of left hip forward, giving the appearance of a weapon here, right? It, I might have it, right? You don't, don't try. You never know. Or like the robber who sticks his fingers in his, in his pocket shirt, right? No. Or he's got another option. The other option to prove that he's got a sword is to take a sword out and to cut the other guy. Today, we're not called to win philosophical or psychological or emotional battles. We're called to cut the enemy. Today, if you don't know Christ today, my prayer is that you would be cut with the Word of God. That the Spirit of God would penetrate your heart and that you would see your need of salvation. And not that you would be wounded to death, but rather that you would be wounded unto life. That God would wound you so that He might heal you and patch you up through His precious blood and by His grace and mercy. Today, if you're saved and you're struggling, I pray as well the same thing. For some reason, along the way, we've lost what it means to be pierced by the Word of God because we just treat it like a part of a service. This is more than just a part of a service. This is God's divine revelation to you and I. It's everything to us. And if you don't think it's everything, then you're not going to like it here. Because this is everything. Besides this, we've got nothing to say. I could spend and have 10,000 words. And if I don't say one word from this book, I've done nothing. We could say 10,000 words to our community about how much we love them. And if we don't bring out this sword and start cutting, we don't love them. This sword would be between 8 and 24 inches. I know that sounds broad, but it was some parts of what wasn't just a little pocket knife. It was a dagger to a small sword. It was, <coughs> excuse me as well, referencing and showing that there's a close battle. Remember here he says that you may be able to stand against the wilds of the devil, for we wrestle not. You don't wrestle from afar. You wrestle up close. You wrestle up close and you need not a long sword, but rather up close, you need that dagger. And this dagger, this machairah, this small sword, it shows the closeness of the battle. It is as well double-edged and has a razor-sharp point in order to cut in either direction without having to manipulate or move the hands like a big broadsword. It's used for precise cutting, as well having that razor-sharp point that it could stab and cut into the enemy. You say, oh, that's so violent. Jesus would never do such or say such. I'll prove you wrong. He says, this as well, the average soldier did not just pick it up and say, well, I guess I'm off the battle now. He trained with it. Any of you who served in the military, did they just show up, right, shave your head and throw a bunch of equipment and say, hey, go at him, son. I th- you'll do fine. You'll figure it out. No, you spent a good bit of time training. As a matter of fact, it's even said that many of the special forces today spend more time training than they actually do fighting. And I would say the same thing, spiritually speaking, for you and I. We need to spend time training in the Word of God to then, when the fight comes, be prepared. It's not always a fight the same way it's not always a mountaintop or a valley. But when you're in a valley, you're just in between two mountaintops, ain't you? It's coming, and we know this, and so we see as well that every soldier must train and maintain his weapon. He must know how to use it properly, because if he doesn't know how to use it properly, he's either going to hurt himself, or he's going to hurt his brother or sister in battle, or he's certainly not going to hurt the enemy. The word Machairah is used 29 times. Here's how I'm going to prove you wrong. Jesus said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. Same word used, Matthew 10, 34. Then the word Machairah is also used by the soldiers who come to arrest Jesus. It's described with their swords. Matthew 26, 47. 
That's also how we know that the rest of the Roman guard, you know what they carried? Not a big, long broadsword, but a machaira. They carried this full armor that Paul has been describing, and they've got this short, short sword. Why? Because they mean business. They're not going to strike you from far away. They're coming up close. Then as well, there at that same time, Peter cuts the ear from the guard. John 18.10, using a machaira. It is also described in Acts 12.2 as a sword that would be used to kill James, the brother of John. In Acts 16.27, the Philippian jailer who would have fallen upon his own sword, Machira, the same word used. In the Hebrews 11.37, it describes the same sword that has killed countless martyrs. Countless martyrs who held up the Word of God and held up the Word of Truth, who were full of the Spirit of God. They weren't afraid of it like Baptists are today. They knew they had to be led by the Spirit of God and dwelt by the Spirit of God, filled by the Spirit of God, and they were not ashamed of the Spirit of God, knowing the Word of God, and they died for it. And we'd say, oh, preacher, oh, it's, it's getting bad up there. I, I, we're going to have to die for Jesus. We're, and ain't none of us going to do it because we ain't living for Him. How would we die for the Word of God that we don't even know or trust or believe or live out? We're not going to. The sword of the Spirit. As the soldier was skilled with his sword, we must be skilled with the Word. This is one piece of armor. This is one piece in the whole picture that he gives the answer and specifics of what this is. He says, and take the sword of the Spirit. And he doesn't stop there. He says, you know what it is? He says, which is the Word of God. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that this is the Word of God or just the book? Okay then, all right. Y'all going to answer? Which one? Is this the Word of God or is it just a book? There we go. Now we're talking like soldiers. In unison even, I like it. We're called to sound like a mighty army who proclaims forth the truth of the Word of God. It is thus saith the Lord, not thus saith our church, not thus saith our preacher, not thus saith our deacon, not thus saith me or my emotions or my preferences, because all those things get checked at that door. Those things do not have a place in this place. It belongs to God. This is His Word. That's what we hold forth today. If you have hope, if you have a sword, if you have any defense, if you have anything to stand on, it is going to be in this book. And guess what? I've got about three, four hours a week. I can teach it to you. The rest of the time is up to you. Here is a training ground and a battleground for you to go out there and to prep and to prepare. But guess what? If you never pick up the sword again outside of those three, four hours a week, which ain't but about 30 of you that come to all four, by the way, the rest of you are starved to death and don't know that sword. You will be defeated. We all right? I hope so. Sword of the Spirit. Notice this. There is no guessing what the sword of the Spirit is. It is the Word of God, which is the Word of God. And we understand the Spirit of God because of the real Word of God through the Spirit of God Himself. The two go together. How many of you, before you knew Christ, read the Bible and said, I don't know what, I don't know what it means. I don't know what to think of it. I don't even know any of it, right? You go, I, I just don't know. You know why? Because the Spirit of God has not revealed yet to you. Because that you don't have the Spirit of God to reveal the Word to you until He has revealed to you Christ and that you are born again. There is none without Christ who will read and understand. The ones who read and understand have the Spirit of God inside of you right now. The same Holy Spirit who was there on the day of Pentecost 
The same Spirit of God who is promised. The same Spirit of God who is eternal. The third person of the Trinity. They're hovering over the waters and protecting and brooding and preparing for creation and life the same way that He did you and I to be saved. It is the power of the Spirit of God. It is not just the Word preached, but it's the Spirit of God through the preaching of the Word of God. If you want a difference in your life, it's going to be not just because the Word is open and read, but it's because the Spirit of God does great things through it. That's why we pray all the time and we say the same phrase all the time. The Spirit of God through the Word of God because the two go hand in hand. You will not have one without the other. You will not have an impact of this Word if you do not have an impact with the Spirit through it. We need the Spirit of God to move through the Word of God. It is The Spirit of God is not going to move through our own ideologies, through our own preferences, through our own man-made traditions, nor through our own programs. The Spirit of God moves through God's Word alone. What we need today is more of the book. Let me ask you this. Can you have too much of the Bible? Can you ever read too much of it? Say, well, you know, I think I've been reading my Bible too much. Anybody said that before? Of course not. Why? Because we know it's no such thing. And for the believer, it is like a buffet of spiritual goodness, of bread of life and living water. And we keep going to it. And we should never be full or satisfied. We keep going and going and going. Why? Because we should want more. Because nothing is as fresh or as wonderful or as beautiful as the work of the Spirit of God through the Word of God. The word word here, though, is important. It is not just the everyday average use of the word that expresses a general sense of, you know, the whole Bible or, you know, churchianity, that sort of thing. No. The word here is the word rhema. Not logos, it is the word rhema. The word rhema is a specific word or a specific statement. It's not a general word for all the Bible, but a specific chapter, verse, etc. for a special need and purpose. So, it is this. We understand that this is a specific and small sword used to deflect the blows and a swipe and a stab and a swing at our enemy. We know we're not just going for generalities here. Far too many Christians are just general Christians. They know enough Bible to perhaps be saved, but not enough Bible to move on in their salvation. They have just enough Jesus to be dangerous, but not enough Jesus to be saved. They know enough Bible to say, well, you know, God said it. It's in there, right? That's the reason why we hear a bunch of malarkey that comes out and says, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. It's in there, ain't it? Chapter and verse, anybody, find it to me, I'll give you a dollar, right? There's an awful lot of stuff that we'll say is in the Scripture that is never in the Scripture. And the even more dangerous part is that we'll take stuff that you go, hey, I don't think that means what you think it means, and we'll use it as we think it means what we think it means, and it don't. That's a dangerous truth. You know why? Because we don't just open up this book and say, I can make it mean whatever I want it to be. It don't work that way. This is what God has declared, what God has decreed, what God has revealed, so that you might know Him. You don't get to decide what it means. And you, by the way, don't even get to decide what gets preached up here. And neither do I. It's a work of God. It should be. I want to give you a few things. Time, time's still good. i got plenty. I want to give you a few things today about the Word of God to encourage you and if need be to convict you. So y'all sit tight. If you have to go, I'm not going to be offended, I promise, but I'm going to preach. 
The Spirit supplies the sword. This is not man-made. This is not manufactured by us. This is not something that we came up with. This was not just a bunch of preachers who said, let us write this stuff down. And this is certainly not like the Mormons that have some sort of wackadoodle who says, hey, I saw some golden tablets and angels up in upstate New York, and here we go. This is the Book of Mormon now. No. This is the Word of God. God breathed. Theopneustos. It is that God breathed. And, and, and you want to know? How do I know? I'll tell you. Because the Word tells us. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 tells us this. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. How did the Bible get there? Because the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, gave the breath of the Word of God. That's what the word Spirit means. It either means breath or wind. The Spirit of God spoke, and holy men of God, who were filled by the Spirit of God, wrote down the Word of God, and God, the Spirit, preserved His Word from generation to generation, and that's why we've got it today. Praise the Lord. We've got more evidence than you can shake a stick at. We've got more uh, physical evidence. We've got more spiritual evidence. This is the Word of God. If it's not, why in the Word are we even here? If this was not the Word of God, we would be believing in vain, but this is the Word. And it's not something that you can pick and choose and go, well, I only like those chapters, or I only like the red letters. You either take it all, or you don't take none. This is all the Word of God from the very first word to the very last word. And everything in between. If the Spirit does not inspire, preserve, convict, and reveal, then the sword is not sharp. And I want to tell you this, it is sharp. It's specific today. This word is specific. As we just talked about the word rhema, it is a specific word given. It is a specific stance given. A specific statement given. Our word is to be used in a specific way for a specific trial or temptation. That's why it's important to know all of the Scripture. 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us, Study to show thyself approved unto God. Study to show thyself. I can't do it for you. Deacons can't do it for you. Sunday school teachers can't do it for you. You must study the Word of God yourself. And if not, I would say, and you're not going to like it, but you'll be okay, that you don't love God like you think you do. We can make time for television programs. We can make time for this and that. You make time for what you want to make time for. You know the Bible and you know God as much as you want to. So don't blame the preacher. Don't blame the deacons, the Sunday school teacher. Don't even blame your husband or your wife. Now, great husbands, be a husband, be a man of God. Wives, be a woman of God. And together, if y'all are both in the Word of God, imagine what it will do for your homes. Imagine. The Holy Spirit is our teacher and our trainer in the spiritual warfare. To create us to be a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Every Christian should be able to do such. Now, you and I will never know everything that is inside this book and know all the wealth of knowledge that there is. You and I will dive deeper and deeper and deeper and still not get to the bottom. You know why? Because this is a wonderful mystery and a beauty of who God is. He is infinite as His Word is. He is beautiful and eternal and wonderful and majestic as His Word is, and He holds it dear to His heart. Turn with me now to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. <coughs> I want to give you <clears throat> the illustration of Jesus in the wilderness. Jesus does not just say, well, you know, the devil here, just the whole Bible and, you know, Philippians 4.13 and that's it and call it a day. And No, he goes much more. 
What happens here is Jesus has just been pronounced the Son of God, and now he is led at verse 1, and was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written. Not I think or whole, I'm not listening. La, 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 la. No. He looks at that old serpent. He looks at that old devil. And he says, It is written. I would wonder today, can you say when the tempter comes, when the deceiver comes, can you say it is written? You can if you know this book and what is written. If you don't know what is written, you can't say it is written. But what is the way to fend off the devil and to strike a blow? It is to say it is written. And notice the specific one he says. The devil comes and says, I know you're hungry. You've been out here an awful long time. You're tired. He says, go ahead and make those stones some bread. Jesus says it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What is every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God? This whole book, cover to cover. This is our bread. He says, then the devil said, all right, well, that'll work. The devil taketh him up into the holy city and sitteth him on a pinnacle of the temple. And saith unto him, if thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and their hands. They shall bear thee up, lest any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. The devil says, oh, you want to play it as written? I'll tell you what's written. And the devil takes a, a portion of the scripture and twists it and manipulates it. And that's what half our preachers do behind pulpits. That's what half the people do that listen to the preachers. We don't know the word of God and we twist it. Why? Because the devil has done such a thing where he shows us more of a pattern to twist the scriptures to make it what we want it to be. The Bible is not meant to be what you want it to be. It's what God declared it already to be. And Jesus says this. It is written again. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Once more, he answers him straight on with the sword of the Lord. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. How do you know that to be true? Because the word says it. Then the devil leaveth him. Behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Right now, I would hazard a guess that there's not a single soul in this place. That there is not spiritual battle taking place in their life. We don't see spiritual battle a lot of times. We don't pay attention to it. We're not in tune with it. We can't tell the difference of what's just emotions or what's that or, or, or whatever it might be. But I want you to know this. The greatest defense that you've got is not just that whole armor we've got to put on, but it is that sword to parry the blows of the devil and to strike him back where it hurts. To cut him deep. To strike back at the enemy. It is time that we would be soldiers of God who are mighty and valiant and not just shield bearers and armor wearers, but that we would be sword swingers. That's what we need today. But you can't swing that sword, dear Christian, if you don't know this Bible. If you believe and say with your words that this is God's Word, then go ahead and give me then the next reason why you don't know it and read it. If we believe this to be what God has for us, then why in the world don't we act like it? The Word is not just Spirit-supplied or specific, but it is sharp. 
Hebrews chapter 4 tells us this about this word. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, like the Machaira, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Once more, that word sword is Machaira, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The Word of God is not meant to tickle your ears. And that's not my job neither. Ears tickle because they ain't washed. Folks who want ears tickled ain't washed. You get the picture? If you're saved and you're washed by the blood of the Lamb, you don't care near as much for teaching as you do preaching the Word of God. Why? Because it's the preaching of the Word of God that strikes, that penetrates our hearts with the sword of the Spirit of God. And by the way, if you don't know the difference between teaching and preaching, then you ain't heard preaching. There's the difference. But he says here the Word of God is sharp. It's quick. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the sunder. You know what this really gets to the root of? That the Word of God strikes the very heart and soul of man and lays us open like a fillet, open and bare before the holy gaze of our holy God through His holy Word. We're laid open. There's nothing you can hide today. If you don't know Christ today, and you're trying to hide by religion, or to hide behind works, or to hide behind church attendance, you're not hiding. God sees you. And the Word of God, I pray today, would lay you open and bare. You would have nowhere to turn and, and nothing else to do except to look up before God and cry out for mercy. And His mercy is there. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today is that you? Or today, dear believer, who has suffered loss after loss, or even worse, or even just as bad, tie after tie with the devil, and has given up on the fight, and has sat down on the job, and has tried to retreat or, or, or give the enemy just an inch and, and say, I'm just holding on until it's all over with. May God help you and may you be strengthened by the power of His might through the Spirit of, of God, through the Spirit and power of His Word and be laid open and know that God sees your heart. God sees you where you are today. He knows your pain, your hurts, your heartaches. And if He thought you were done, you wouldn't be alive today. You're here, so get to fighting. It's the Word of God that strikes us deep with conviction, conversion, and even condemnation of which we will be judged from one day. Dear, dear believer, dear lost person today, one day you will stand before God. You'll be judged by His book, by His Word. May that give us a holy fear of who He is. May it drive us to His holy words so that we might know Him that we might fight the good fight of faith for Him. Lastly, Psalm 19. Psalm 19. The Word is sure, and the Word is superior. Psalm 19 tells us this in verse number 8. I'll back up to verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. 
The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making wise the simple. It is a sure word. What God says, He means. When God speaks, He speaks. When God promises it will be done, it will be done. When God says there is help, when God says come unto me, when God says there is mercy, when God says there is grace, when God says He loves you, dear child, today, that is what He means. Trust it, believe it, and live it. Rest upon His sure word. It says the statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoicing the heart. You want to rejoice in your heart today? Get in this book. Read the truths of God, of who He is, and what He's done, and how could you not rejoice? He says, The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. There ain't nothing like fresh local honey, is there? It'll cure you of some allergies, sweeten up them biscuits. <laughs> and it makes you realize that man sure can make a lot, but God can do a lot more. God can take something that we don't even know. <laughs> I mean, we can't even begin to fathom the process, and boom, there's honey that's sweeter than the honeycomb that we can taste and refresh us. And that's what this Word of God is. When you're tired and weary, when you're in a desert land, dear believer, pick up this honeycomb. And as it drips down, partake of the sweetness. Be refreshed by the goodness of God. This is your honeycomb. This is your bread. This is your honey butter biscuits. This is everything that we need. This is the Word of God. Today, we're to know the Word. We're to believe the Word. Apply the Word. Trust the Word. Live the Word. It is about this Word of God, the Spirit of God. You say, I'm scared to fight the battle. It's okay. I'm more afraid of God, though, than I am the devil. John Knox once said that he's never once feared the devil, but he trembles before he stands behind the pulpit. If there's any time I could ever relate to a man, it was now. I fear the fact that one day I'm going to look before and stand before and see the gaze of God. And that would be said that I didn't take a stand for His Word in one aspect of my life or I didn't believe it or know it or live it out. Or that I didn't preach all of it because I was afraid of how it might make people feel. God help us to not care what anybody else thinks or even what we think, but help us to have a hunger for this honeycomb of the Word of God. Today, if you'd like to sing, we're on the winning side, I am on the winning side. You can only say it if you've got the armor on and you've got your sword up swinging. If your armor's on, but your sword's laying down collecting dust, you ain't on no winning side right now. You're losing. You're losing the battle. You're tying with the devil. And I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of tying. I'm tired of churches and believers losing and tying. I'm tired of communities losing and tying to the devil. It's time to win. It's time to fight. 
It's time to be an overcomer. Today, that's your choice to make what you will do with the Spirit of God to the Word of God. If you're on the winning side today, let's act like it. Let's fight like it. Let's live like it. Today, let's all stand. The piano's going to play. You ain't got to wait. Today, if you don't know Christ, come and bow your knee and receive Jesus as Savior. Be born again and know and taste this honeycomb of the Word of God. Today, if you're struggling, if you've got sin, if you've got hurt, there is nothing that the Word of God cannot fix or cure what ails you. And today, if you need courage, if you need strength, if you've got someone in your family, on your heart that doesn't know Christ, come and pray. Pray that the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, would do a great work. Do you believe that God still can? If so, would you come today? Let's ask the Lord to help us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time once more. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your spirit through it. God, I pray that today, if anyone has a need today, that they would not leave this place before they get it right before you. Lord, help us to have unity, spiritual protection, guidance, and strength. Lord, that you would meet with us as we go from this place and be with us. Lord, help us be salt and light in this world. And God, that we would not just be clothed in armor, but have our swords prepared and ready for the battle, for the fight, God, that is certainly ahead of us in this church and this community. Oh God, we pray. Lord, as you've done and used many other men and churches throughout this area's history, Lord, God, give us this town. God, give us souls. God, give us a burden. Lord, help us. In Christ's name. Standing, as we sing to thee, we ascribe glory. Glory be to God. Ah. Uh-huh.
Amen.